0: Listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET, I'm Stephen Henderson. As always, thanks for tuning in. This weekend, the Democratic and Republican parties here in Michigan will meet to pick their nominees for various elected offices this fall. Throw their hats into the air with a collective hurrah and pat each other on the back. For their brilliance, conventions are designed to unite the factions of a party and get members excited about campaigning for their picks in the fall. This year, the big focus will be around the gubernatorial candidates, but there is the more pressing matter of nominating candidates for offices down the ticket. Here to talk a little more about what will happen this weekend and why we should be paying attention are uh, Shayna Roth, a Capitol reporter with the Michigan Public Radio Network. Shayna, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. And Emily Lawler, who is a political reporter at M Live. Emily, welcome to Detroit Today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So let's start with what will come out of these conventions that's new. Uh, a lot of these things are kind of decided going into the conventions here in, in, in Michigan, but there's some stuff that, uh, that I imagine we will learn. Shana, I'll start with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, for the Democrats, it's really, we're not going to learn a whole lot. I mean, we'll get their uh, MSU Board of Trustees and other uh, school governing body picks. uh, But when it comes to the big ticket items, Secretary of State, Attorney General, uh, those ones have really already been decided uh, a few months ago at their party's so-called endorsement convention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, when it comes to the Republicans, we are, you know, they are still in a contested race for Attorney General and Secretary of State. Um, there, another interesting thing will be uh, just sort of whether or not the party does indeed rally around a Supreme Court nominee, Elizabeth Clement, for after she uh, kind of voted against the party in the uh, Voters Not Politicians redistricting ballot proposal uh, Supreme Court case. So those are kind of the, the intrigue going on with the Republicans.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Emily? Emily?
2: Yeah, I'd
1: agree with that. I think that on the Republican side, um, the SOS race is going to be pretty telling um, because Joseph Guzman has gotten really this Trump level of support um, from the Trump Republicans, some of the people who had worked on um, Trump's campaign previously. And, you know, it's kind of setting it up to be, um, you know, that is the seat that the the Trump people are trying to to claim, I guess, in this year's party convention. Yeah.
0: So one of the things that's unfolding on the Republican side of things this this year is a rift between current governor, Rick Snyder, yeah. and hopeful governor, uh, Bill Schutte, uh, who, who won the primary earlier this month. Uh, Snyder has de- declined to endorse Schutte so far. Apparently, he's not going to be there this weekend. His lieutenant governor, Brian Kelly was the person that Bill Schutte, of course, beat. On primary day, uh, how much are we going to see this rift unfold or reflect in the convention this weekend?
2: Well, it looks like probably quite a bit. Um, I saw this morning Mers is reporting that actually Snyder will not be at the convention this year. This is actually his final convention, uh-huh. and he uh, has some sort of a, quote, scheduling conflict. Um, <laughs> so that alone kind of speaks volumes there. And then as far as Lieutenant Governor Brian Kelly Mers is also reporting that he's expected to make an appearance, but he will not be there for the entire event on Saturday. It seemed like Shooty's pick for Lieutenant Governor uh, Lisa Posthumous Lyons was something Thing of a olive branch towards the Snyder administration because of her family's connections to Snyder's administration sure. that being said he's not gonna be there so we'll see <laughs> if that is maybe for the best or uh, how that's going to play out in the future yeah yeah and I would Go just ahead, add Anna. that this y- rift has been
1: years in the making mm-hmm. sure. Um, sure. Snyder and shooty have been growing that daylight um, <laughs> for years and years going back to things like the Detroit bankruptcy when they yeah. were on opposite sides of a court case um, later shooty dropping his support of the teacher 3% lawsuit, leaving the um, Snyder administration to Ford John alone. And it did get um, pretty contentious between Kelly and Shooty in the primary mm-hmm. um, election, you know. And I thought that, um, honestly, Kelly's concession speech told us a lot when he um, said that, uh, you know, Michigan Republican Party was Trump's Republican Party yeah. now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that you'll see that reflected a little bit at the convention, maybe not this this battle between Snyder and Shooty people, because it's mostly Shooty and mostly Trump people now.
0: Wow. Wow! Wow! Uh, let's talk a little about the Democratic side, where on primary day at least you saw some daylight between the sort of establishment uh, Democrats who who seemed to back Gretchen Whitmer, but you have these you have these other two candidates uh, on the far left of the party, Shri Tanadar and Abdul El Sayed. Uh, the pick of Garland Gilchrist to be. Gretchen Whitmer's lieutenant governor candidate seems like uh, kind of an olive branch to that part of the party. He is more in league with them than, than maybe with her politically. But are we likely to see any of the, the long time rift in the Democratic Party between those who are a little more centrist and those who are very far left? Will that show up at the convention?
1: I think they got a lot of those fireworks out of the way mm-hmm. at the early yeah. endorsement convention. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the turning point for those factions was the showdown between Dana Nessel, who's a more progressive candidate for attorney general, and Pat Niles, who was a more establishment pick. Yeah. Um, and the progressives won that won that fight. Um, obviously, they lost uh, the general or the primary election fight. I think that though they have proven that they can show up at conventions
2: and make a difference. And you may see that show up in races like the board. To trustees, mm-hmm. and it does seem like uh, you know when it comes to this whole issue of how progressive people are, they are kind of sort of starting to come together. I think uh, Gretchen Whitmer doesn't always get enough credit for being the pro- a progressive candidate, which sure. she certainly is, um, and, and we're seeing that. The, All of them sort of start to come together. I mean, Abdul El Sayed, it looks like he's going to be campaigning with Gretchen Whitmer, which is you know very early on in the race. So we are not seeing that you know sort of Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders separation that I think some people might have been concerned about, where Sanders withheld his endorsement and wouldn't you know really rally for her till the end. I mean, Abdul El Sayed has said this is about you know beating Shooty in the general and moving forward from there, and it seems like they are really following through on that.
0: Yeah, Uh, I want to ask you both about about these conventions and kind of what they're like. I mean, most people have seen at least a broadcast of a national political convention before, but I doubt most people have seen what goes on at state conventions. How similar are they? Are they as much fun? Are they as intriguing as the national conventions?
2: Uh, I'm going to throw that one to Emily because this will actually be my first (laughs) uh, conventions. (laughs) I I went to the ones uh, in 2016, but they weren't, you know, for governors and attorney general. So this is, I'm very excited. I'm curious to see what (laughs) Emily has to say. Uh, I think they are kind of, uh, you know, fun
1: in some respects. For me, they're helpful because I go there and there's a wide swath of each party um, in attendance. And, you know, it's helpful to get to talk to some real on the ground people. People come from all over the state, from the Upper Peninsula, from North Northern in Michigan. Um, you know, they're usually held in Lansing, Detroit area. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I, I guess there is some some fun stuff. There, <laughs> there's, uh, you know, parties that that they throw and, um, you know, politicians are kind of uh, bringing their bases there and entertaining them. And, you know, it's home turf for a lot of people. And I think it's exciting, uh, you know, just to see democracy in action and to see the new people who get involved every year. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big trends from the endorsement convention um earlier this year at the, on the Democratic side was just how big it was. You can tell a lot from audience size, from enthusiasm. That was in the middle of an ice storm. Wow. And it reflected a lot of what I, what I heard from from people in the base who were energized.
0: This is Detroit today on 1019 WDET. I'm Steven Henderson. My guests are Shayna Roth, Capital Reporter for the Michigan Public Radio Network. Also with us is Emily Lawler. She is a political reporter with M Live. We're talking about this weekend's political conventions, both Democrats and Republicans coming together to decide who will represent them on some down ticket races. A lot of the decisions are kind of sewn up already, but there will be potential at least for some drama, uh, at least on the Republican side. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what you think about these political conventions. Do you pay attention to them? Do you look forward to them? Do you look forward to seeing what uh, the parties are going to do on those down-ticket races? The number, as always, on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, uh, Shana and Emily, I want to talk briefly about the MSU Board of Trustees, uh, a race that normally most people, I think, would not pay a whole lot of attention to. This year, uh, it takes place uh, with the backdrop of the Nassar scandal and the trustees' handling of that scandal. Is that going to figure into these conventions as they choose their nominees for those seats.
2: I think it will. I mean, it's interesting. The Democrats have sort of put together a decent handful of potential candidates for these spots, whereas the Republicans, they uh, have, for the MSU Board of Trustees at least, they have two candidates for two spots, uh, both of which are men, uh, whereas with the Democrats, we're seeing uh, from what I've heard is there's at least one survivor of sexual assault. She's not a Nassar survivor, mm-hmm. but she is a survivor of sexual assault. And there had been uh, you know, conversations floated about uh, survivors yes. – stepping forward and taking uh, you know running for board of trustees i haven't seen any of that finalized yet mm-hmm. um but this has definitely become a race that whereas like you said in years past people haven't been paying attention to that they certainly will be this year mm-hmm. yeah and if you kind of uh, step back it's uh, you know a
1: couple months ago after the um, nassar scandal was kind of uh, cresting i suppose um, the legislature was actually considering bills to take away mm-hmm. this power I from the convention. Yeah. So I do think that this is a little bit of a chance for the parties at their conventions to prove that this is something that they do take seriously, that it's not just uh, someone they're they're putting up uh, like they may have in the past, that there's actually a competitive race on the Democratic side is interesting. Um, and also worth noting that it could flip the balance of the Board of Trustees if at least one Democrat does win, because right now the Board of Trustees is split equally At Michigan State, Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, I want to ask you both what uh, what is the one thing that you are sort of seeing, watching for up at the conventions this this time? What's the the one race that uh, leaps out at you?
1: You know, for me, it's the Republican AG race. Um, You know, I think that a lot of people on the Democratic side, um, when the um, when they're AG race was in full throttle. We're Mm. kind of concerned about Dana Nussle's generally general election electability. Yeah. Um, so I think a lot of that depends on who the Republicans put up. And right now there's kind of this, um, you know, faction of people who want Tanya Shootmaker, There's a lot of people who want Tom Leonard, the current, um, speaker of the Michigan house. Um, both of those people are, uh, term limited out of their current positions. They're both strong leaders. Um, you know, it looks like Tom Leonard has sewn up more support, um, at least financially, but anything can happen
2: on a convention floor. Hmm. I would just echo that, and in general, I think that just the the picks for attorney general and secretary of state by the Republicans is going to be very interesting, uh, particular and just to sort of see how their top of the ticket really fleshes itself out. Because if you look at Democrats, I mean, the lieutenant governor had to bring gender diversity to their ticket. Sure, uh, you know it's it's full of women, including uh, the U.S. Senate uh, candidate Debbie Stabenow. So it will be interesting to see how many women uh, the uh, the uh, Republicans are going to put on the ticket and then to follow that and see, you know, do we end up getting potentially a split ticket? Because we huh. saw it in the primary that a lot of women were, were taking these races. So it's possible that there are people out there who are just, you know, boom, 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 voting for women. And if they put up maybe Tom Leonard for attorney general, maybe some there maybe. That phenomenon could result in a Gretchen Whitmer, uh, you know, tiny shootmaker huh. uh, end of the day <laughs> situation right. where you have a Republican and a Democrat in those two major seats. So it will be really interesting to see, you know, how they're game planning that and uh, strategizing that.
0: Hmm. OK, Shayna Roth, Capitol reporter with the Michigan Public Radio Network. Thanks for joining us here on Detroit Today.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: And Emily Lawler, political reporter for M Live. Great to have you here as well. Thank you. All right, that's going to do it for me today. I will be back tomorrow. I hope you will too. Remember, the grand finale of the Detroit Today Summer Book Club is coming up on Tuesday, August 28th, 6.30 p.m. at the main branch of the Detroit Library on Woodward right here in Midtown. Join me and the Detroit Today team to discuss Matthew Desmond's Pulitzer Prize-winning book, Evicted, Poverty and Profit in the American City. We will also be taping a live production of detroit today during that event detroit today is produced by laura weber davis and jake Neer. the program director is joan isabella our technical director and engineer is matthew Trevethan. our associate producer is gus navarro detroit today's theme song was composed by wdet's sam bobian this is 1019 wdet detroit's public radio station a community service of wayne state university we'll see you tomorrow